Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show, broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. I'm also the founder and director of the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which travels the country supporting local animal welfare groups after a New York City premiere every October, alongside my annual New York Cat Film Festival, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show was also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their cats. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, no hide, and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimaran or Maisie will eat. Hi there, dog and cat lovers. I want to take a minute to point out to you that in only two weeks, we have a chance to see each other in person. That is to say that on October 21st, it's going to be the sixth annual premiere of the New York Cat Film Festival in New York in the East Village, completely underwritten by Dr. Elsie. The night before, there's a meow party at the Meow Parlor which is a cat cafe in New York, and there's only a ticket or two left. It's a tiny party, two little parties, actually, to celebrate the Meow Parlor, but also to celebrate having weathered six years and still going strong with the Cat Film Festival. And that night, the 21st, there's a pooch party at the Boris and Court Horton dog-friendly cafe in the East Village to celebrate the eighth annual Dog Film Festival, on Sunday the 22nd. I really want to meet some of you, or as many of you as can in the New York area. If you didn't already get your ticket, please do. There aren't many left for the parties, but that shouldn't stop you from trying, because maybe somebody will cancel. Please go to dogfilmfestival.com or tracyhotchnerpets.com and check it out, because I would love to meet you 
And in the case of you dog owners, I would love to meet your dogs if you think they would like to be at a party. And you don't need a dog. Just come. We're going to have a little costume party on a green carpet and take pictures. And I have amazing doggy swag bags for everybody. Seriously stuffed with such good stuff. You will totally love high-end, top-shelf stuff, including a copy, an autographed copy of the book, called For the Love of Dog by Pilly Bianchi, who I'll be talking to in a moment. Her book is a lot about play. It's about having grown up as the sister, if you will, of Chaser, the world's most famous dog, who knew more than 1,000 words, not just toys and objects, but also verbs. Quite extraordinary. And what she wants to do, and I would love to encourage you to do as well, is to learn more about how to play with your dog and interact with your dog in a meaningful way well beyond throwing a ball. As for the kitties, well, you can't bring your kitties to the cat cafe, but those kitties are for adoption if you're looking for a new cat or just a cat fix. The important thing to me is to be able to connect with all of you with great love for listening for so many years to this show, and I hope many years already that you've enjoyed the film festivals. So here we go with Pilly Bianchi and her book, For the Love of Dog, followed by... Petra Hitchens from Australia talking about her film in the Dog Film Festival, Filming Dogs. I am so excited for everybody to get to the New York Dog Film Festival, the premiere on October 22nd. There are just so many wonderful movies that I had to choose from so many other wonderful movies, but I'm very proud and excited to meet and introduce to you Peta Hitchens. She's in Australia. She made one of the most beautiful movies, beautiful looking, so smart and snappy. It's called Filming Dogs. And it's it's not just beautiful and fun, but it's philosophically really challenging and interesting. Peter, congratulations on having your film in the film festival. I know you can't come all the way from Australia, understandably, but I understand that you're sister or niece or somebody is going to stand in for you and 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 be able to to represent you there. Um, yes, hoping my sister and my nephew. So, Wonderful. Um, well, I'll so be happy to meet them and give you give them your filmmaker's gift bag. But I really want to say that the film you made was just so provocative and interesting because even though there are very few narrative films in the film festival, generally it's documentaries and animation, not many mm. with actors and a director and a script, you ask a good question about those movies of which there have been many over the years in the regular movie industry, not the film festival short film industry that employed actors as part or the center of the story. What inspired you to make Filming Dogs, which asks the question, do the dogs want to do this or is it just the people looking for glory, right? Yes, yeah. Well, uh, it all came about really from Ra. So Ra is 14, coming on 15 years now. When we shot the film, um, she was 13 years old, so um, a bit over a year ago. We were originally hoping to shoot a year before, but we went into a COVID lockdown. Right. So she was aging rapidly and that was making me very nervous about being able to make the film I wanted to make. Um, part of it was that she'd retired herself from acting and I wanted, I guess, one last hurrah for her. Um, but I was also questioning 
why I would want my dog to continue in films, um, you know, given that she was ageing and given that, um, you know, it, I guess it's difficult to get their informed consent. Um, they're just animals. <laughs> She's She was doing it solely for the hot dogs, solely for the <laughs> treats, <laughs> and she will do anything. So she she had quite a long performing career. We lived in California for three years. Wow, um, and she, really? Yes, yeah. She, she performed over there for um, Francis Metcalfe's Canine Circus School, um, so, you know, we pre- performed in San Francisco and in Oakland and in Sacramento um, for a number of years. And and then, uh, so mostly mostly stage, um, did a few little um, short films, but most, and she was in an animated cartoon as well as herself, <laughs> as the voice actor. <laughs> um, but on coming back to... Australia, she, you know, she was getting older, so I'd kind of taken a step back from performing and started to question, I guess started to question why I was doing it and, what, you know, was I doing it for my own ego um, or was I doing it because she, you know, she clearly was very social and, you know, was a little bit of a show-off. Um, <laughs> but mostly I think I came to the conclusion that I was doing it because it was the time we spent together. It was the relationship we had. Yes. Um, you know, we liked being active together. We liked being challenged. Um, and she, you know, she, um, yeah, she really, she was quite social. She wasn't afraid of anything. And I think if anything like that had had have crept in, um, I would have questioned it further because it isn't for every dog. Not every dog is that confident. Um, you know, and not every human is that confident either. Or, or not just confidence, but how about charisma and screen mm. presence? I mean, it's amazing to me that she was a stage actress because she is one adorable dog and clearly <laughs> loved being being filmed along with two other dogs. You were it was a, it's such a smart movie, Peter, because you have two other people. You talk behind the camera about mm-hmm. her, but you have two other people with lovely dogs and they have performing dogs and you ask mm-hmm. them the very question that you were asking yourself. Do, why do you do this? Whose idea was it? Was it yours or the dogs? And these dogs are so responsive and so mm. tuned into their humans and so eager to do this. I think really what the film shows is how much most of our dogs don't get a chance to show off don't get a chance to thrill their owners by sitting up in a certain way or covering their ears with their paws or whatever it is. They're just tricks in the end, aren't they? They're tricks with commands. And the joy that these dogs feel and that you find in the film, and you do keep asking the question, which is what makes it a good movie, because it has an intention. It has an intellectual quest while while showing who these dogs are and who their humans Mm. are and how they do what they do. And one to Jack Russell and the other is a gorgeous Kelpie, which is a dog you don't see really in the U.S., I would say, ever. I I guess Mm, they're pretty common in Australia, right? Yes, yeah. And we had a third dog too. We we had Juno. um, Oh, the Black Lab. The the, uh, German German short-haired pointer. Oh, right. Um, but what about the black yeah. one? There was a black dog. Yes, that's the German sh- short-haired pointer. <laughs> a black German short In America, the German short-haired pointer is brown and white only. 
Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He so I mean, that's the difference. But, mm. That's the difference between countries, mm. right? Mm. That the specifications yes, for, sure. for a breed be something in one place. Beautiful dog. Um, people will see it in the trailer. Anybody mm. who's curious yes. about the film festival, the trailer opens with that dog doing the command to lick, and it's just yes. so great. Now, your 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 email address is as a student at a university. But it is. You're no longer a student. Are you a teacher? I'm in my graduating year at the Victorian College of the Arts at the University of Melbourne at the moment. So I'm actually in the middle of editing my graduating film, which is about horses. So oh, you, um, I've gone oh, from filming dogs to filming horses. That's great. Uh, um, but I am, uh, I guess, now what I would call my I would call my side career is I'm an academic uh, also at the University of Melbourne at the Melbourne Veterinary School and I research animal welfare no uh, epidemiology. Kidding. I do, yes. Oh, so and that's why much... you're asking the question, is this what yeah. dogs want and need or this individual yep. dog wants and needs? Wow, what a great combination. I hope you'll well, make would, some yeah. more short films on the academic side but film it as well. You, this technique, your your technique as a director is so polished. I thought you were surely, a, you know, out in the world, a professional, very, in the best sense of the word, commercial, polished, uh, very confident filmmaker. Is this is only your graduating year as a filmmaker? Yeah, oh, thank you for saying that. Um, filming Dogs is my first film out into the public. Wow. Um, I've, you know, made a few, especially over COVID, that's how I got through COVID really, was making a lot of sort of two to three minute fun little films. And I live in my apartment with my dog and cat. So the only cast and crew I had through COVID was a dog and cat. <laughs> you <laughs> so know that I'm going to hit you up for both the dog and the cat for the next year's Cat Film Festival yeah. <laughs> and Dog Film Festival because you have such a deft touch with the camera and the lighting is just, it's beautiful. It seems like a photo shoot for Vogue, the whole movie. <laughs> really, it's so glamorous looking. It, I'm sure a lot of the people whose movies are in the festival will think, God, mine looks a bit rough around the edges compared to Peter's, and they mm -hmm. are. And that's the beauty of the film festival, which is why I yeah. think people now know to look out for it in the, the end of October, because there's nothing else quite like it. The combination of so many people from so many countries making movies, in this case about dogs or the Cat Film Festival about cats, from their own point of view and their own cultural perspective. And in your case, it's more of a canine perspective. Where are the dogs in this, right? In in, in these yeah. endeavors that we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, I think that was the most, and I'm so glad that that point hit home because I want people to go away from this film thinking about the sports and activities that they do with their own dogs and whether or not, you know, I guess look into their own heart as to why they're doing it um, and to question themselves as to whether that's the right activity for them to do with their dog because they should be doing something with their dog. They should, you know, the more you do with them, the more you bond. Um, but it's selecting that um, activity or sport or even just, you know, lying on the couch watching Netflix and snuggling that that, that dog 
loves to do as well um, and to make sure that not only you love to do it but your dog loves to do it um, and, you know, that you can enjoy doing it together. Um, and obviously being on film is quite can be quite arduous, so it's not for everyone, but there are plenty of activities that are for everyone. And you and you do explain that one of the one of the women who you one of the handler owners who you interview says at mm. home my training sessions are five minutes, which is mm. about what we recommend right when we're teaching a yeah. dog something that's about as much time as as you and the dog can keep your focus mm. and your attention and not get distracted or crabby or tired mm. and yet she exactly. says but the film day on the set is eight hours or ten hours so mm. how do I keep my dog fresh? and interested and available and ready to do his thing when mm. the time is right. My answer to your question, to your philosophical question, and it also goes to horses, and I don't know mm. what the theme of your horse film is, but I spent the better part of my life being with horses and around horses and showing horses, jumping mm. horses. A horse won't jump who doesn't want to jump. No. Right? So that mm. they self-select. And the ones who are really good wind up to be champions. And the ones who are just okay stay at the lower level and and put putter along with the people who themselves are at the lower level. And I would say the 100%. same thing with the dogs. Those dogs that you picked in your movie and you're raw, they, they're like, what do you want me to do next? This is so <laughs> fun. Oh, wait, you want me on here? Up. Oh, wait, I'll lie down. No, I'll sit up. What, what did you say you want me to do? They're just so into it. And lots they of are. people have dogs who don't have that level of animation. And I would say, in some part, it may be a reflection of the people never having engaged with them. People mm. don't engage enough with their dogs. I think that's a kind of blanket statement we can make. But the ones who do agility and rallyo and, and co obedience competitions, those dogs are the ones who want to do it. Because otherwise, they just sit down at the, at the, at the door and say, no, thanks. You can't make them do it. You can't create that enthusiasm and energy, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if um, you have a dog that's really tends to want to be like that, then you're still going to ask the question, you, PETA, as the, the, the behaviorist, the philo philo philosophical one, well, the dog can do it, but is he really wanting to do it? And if you could say, well, he's just, Ross just doing it for the hot dogs or the other dog's <laughs> just doing it for the praise... That's okay. In the end it of the is, day, they're yeah. doing something with you that matters to you both. And it sure beats, you know, being in the backyard or even just playing with another dog. It's just not as intensely marvelous. There's no hot dogs involved with the other dog, for one thing. <laughs> and the other dog also doesn't, you know, applaud and say, well done, good girl, right? They just bite no, you on the yeah. ear and get on with it. I think I think the interesting thing about you know the dogs that are on set is often they're not fully you know they're more human focused I think than they are dog focused and that's why yes. you know you can work quite confidently on set um, I mean you you notice in, in a scene in the film the Kelpie who is um, was one of the younger dogs on set um, jumped off and wanted to play with Ra yes, and she yes. had, she didn't want a bar of that. <laughs> Yeah, Rob was, excuse me, it's time for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Don't exactly. get in my the frame of my camera. So funny. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, it's great that they still can be doggy and enjoy mm. their dogginess, but be ready for the next command, the next request. I think exactly. it's great. Um, I'm hoping that you'll take your camera and your sensibility and point it at other places 
at Australian dog sports or dog activities. And wonder, yes. I mean, I will say that while I wouldn't question if these dogs want to do what they're doing, I would question vociferously, does your dog mm. want to jog? Because guess what? Your dog doesn't want to jog, okay? It's not a natural behavior for a dog. They're not long-distance Arabian horses that are meant to go 40 miles in the desert. They have bursts of energy. I, I think that people who think they're doing their dog a favor, I'm going jogging, so I'm going to take the dog. The dog's tongue is hanging out. They're doing it on the road, not good for the dog's joints. As for the human joints, that's another story. So I think that we don't question enough the things we do with our dogs thinking, it's good, I'm running with my dog. Mm. But dogs exactly. are actually not built to run like that for half an hour, 40 minutes. They just aren't. And, and they're only doing it out of devotion and loyalty, and there's usually a leash on them, so they don't have a lot of choice. If there wasn't a leash on them, would they go sniff by the side of the road? Would they sit down and have a lie down? Probably. I don't know. Would uh, You probably have, have thought about that as well, but I don't think that people who jog would answer you very honestly. I don't think they want to be asked. I, I think in her older age, I've realized that going on gentler walks where she can sniff and take in the surroundings are now you know, much more enjoyable for her than the walks we used to do, which were on a mission um, to, and that was to burn her energy. Right. <laughs> most but, she, of the time. but she's a very energetic girl. And also she's a diva. I mean, she's already been a star. So it's mm. not as though she hasn't had her great moment in the sun for years. And now no, she's we happy have, we've calmed to down. lounge, you know. Exactly. We've we've entered our um, retirement and living it up phase. Exactly. Uh, Gentle strolls and lots of sniffing. Exactly. Well, Peta, it's a wonderful movie. We've run out of time, but I'm so excited for everyone to come to the Dog Film Festival. Sunday, October 22nd, 12 noon at the Village East Theater in New York City. Please come. I'll be there to greet you all. The Some of the filmmakers are coming. Peta's sister and nephew will be there standing in for her, but I know everyone's going to have an amazing time. Peta, congratulations. I hope you get whatever the highest marks in Australia are for your thesis. And I want to see your horse movie, even if I don't have a horse film festival. So promise me you'll shoot it my way anyway, just out of, I love the way 100%. you make movies. Okay. A hundred percent. I will. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you Tracy. so much. And thanks from our cast. We've got Benji and Juno and Shobi and Ra. They all say thanks very much. And thanks to everyone that's going to watch their performances. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed the show. There's a few more special companies that make the show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. I want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered an effective natural way of using plant-powered products to repel fleas, ticks, and other parasites on our pets instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes it possible to protect your pets, children, and property without the chemicals that could be harmful to all of us. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients, and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer only to their own high standards. Finally, we're supported by Magic Fabric Pet Throws, developed by a husband-wife team whose expertise in the textile industry solved the problem of their big hairy dog, Molly, who got on the couch in bed with them 
despite her wet fur, muddy paws, and shedding. Sound familiar? They created machine-washable magic fabric pet throws to trap pet hair, dirt, and moisture, letting you enjoy dog and cat cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes, furniture, or decor. You can buy direct from the creators at magicfabric.com.